Now it's time for Inspirational Women, and we meet up with Hannah safely once again. Last week, Hannah shared about a cancer diagnosis when she was just 13. In these eight years since that time, she has lived more life than many of us with more years of life than she. The story goes on, and we hear from Hannah as she needs to decide on stem cell treatment that is very time-sensitive. Here's Hannah sharing more of her story. I want to start treatment right away because I knew that putting it off could do more harm than good. But yeah, so I started chemo. I did that round of chemo with the brand new chemotherapy from the FDA. And I spent about six weeks inpatient. And then I was going to have like two weeks off between my rounds of chemo. And this just adds to the the life of Hannah. But in those two weeks, I got appendicitis and had to get my appendix taken out, which was just a nice little bump in the road, but it was kind of nice because I got to have the surgery at Marybridge because this is around the time the Seattle Children's was having issues with their ORs or their operating rooms. And mm-hmm. so I got to go back to Marybridge. I saw my original doctor, Dr. Irwin, and because when I was diagnosed, he was gone for a leave of absence. And so he was back. I got to talk to him. And, you know, he was like my main guy for five, six years. We had a really strong bond. And when I wasn't re-diagnosed, like when he wasn't the one to re-diagnose me, I had felt lost because he was always the one to like comfort me. He gave me great advice. And so finally being able to see him again with my worries, with wondering what my most recent bone marrow biopsy was going to look like, like it could either show that the chemotherapy did its work or it could show that my leukemia is resistant, which is not what we want. But just being there with him, it was horrible getting my appendix taken out. It was actually one of the worst pains I've ever had. But being there with him made it completely worth it. And I'm actually kind of thankful for that appendix trip because I got to see him before going into my next round of chemo, which it really boosted my confidence. But I got my bone results back later after that. And the chemo did do its job. It brought the cancer down below 1%, which was great. But obviously, there was still cancer left. And so we did the next round of chemo, which was another eight weeks with very high dose of a certain chemo that my body does not react too well. And so I was in ICU for like a week during that time with crazy high fevers and ice packs all over my body. Um, But again, I made it through those six weeks. I did it. And also during that time, they were testing my blood and like trying to find a match in the bone marrow registry system um, because we had already found out that my little sister wasn't in the match. We were trying to find one. And so then we had, after that round of chemo, we had a biopsy. And sure enough, the chemo did its job once again. My cancer was brought down to 0.07%. So still, there was leukemia left, which was not ideal, but uh, ideal. But it was less than 1%, less than the 5% they require. And so I was going to go on to my transplant. And so I was having my transplant meeting, another roundtable meeting, but much happier, I would say. Mm. Um, But they told me that I did not have a single match in the bone marrow system. Which, again, another rarity of Hannah in the life of Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not common, especially I'm Caucasian, I'm white, and minorities have a much harder chance of finding a match because it has all to do with like DNA and stuff. Unfortunately, but for a white person, there's much a higher chance. So I did not have any matches, but they said they were actually okay with that because they were actually never going to use a unrelated donor or a bone marrow donor. Um, or my sister, because they have 
higher chances of relapse, not much higher chances of relapse um, uh, than a cord blood transplant, which if you don't know what that is, it, they take the cells from um, an infant's umbilical cord and they use that as a transplant instead. Wow. And so, yeah, that's what they decided to do. They're going to do a double cord blood transplant because I was older and they needed more cells. Um, but cord blood transplants have shown, has shown great outcomes, with, especially with patients who went into their transplant with cancer. Um, and it would create this thing called a graft versus leukemia effect where the, my new graft would, or my Hannah graft would bite the new baby cells graft um, and would in turn fight the cancer that was left inside of me. And so on September 6, 2019, I had my double cord blood bone marrow transplant. Um, and it, that, that was the day that I like to think that was the day that I, I don't want to say scared yet. Cause I, I don't superstitions. I don't like to say that one until like five years. Um, but that was the day that I became cancer free. And the the yeah. term that came to mind was maybe that was an, another birthday. Yes. Oh, okay. absolutely. They actually do call it your rebirthday. Ah. So in bone marrow transplant terms, I'm only two and a half years old. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. It'll be three years this September. So, yeah. oh my, Hannah, <laughs> this journey... <laughs> For someone who's just 21 years old, is yeah. uh, many lifetimes long, is what it seems oh, like. Oh, yes. That's, that's what it feels like. And here you are. Oh, what a story. I, I'm just in awe of you. Here we you are, though. It's um, The university year has just ended. You've finished some finals. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... You where? What year of study are you in? I'm studying early childhood and family studies at UW. And you're what year of this, is this? This are you a a junior? I'm a junior. Yeah, okay. yeah I'm a junior in high, in college right now. All right. So in the fall, you go back for your senior year. Oh, actually, I've finished winter quarter, so I still have spring quarter to go. Oh, okay. I'm rushing things, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Okay. It's with semester systems and quarter systems. So uh, you'll be finishing then your junior year, getting ready in the fall for a senior year. Exactly. Right. And then because your goal is t- comes from all this life experience you've had, right? To be a mm-hmm. child life specialist? Yeah, that is what I want to be. Um, and I couldn't be more excited and happy about my future knowing that hopefully I can be one one day. And how many more years of education is, is that? Um, well, I'm going to finish up my bachelor's again at UW, so I'll be graduating next year. Um, and then I would like to move on to a master's program, and they actually have quite a bunch of master's, program and master's programs in specifically child life. Um, one I'm specifically looking at is at Loma Linda University in Southern California. Um they just have a great curriculum, and so that is like my dream school at the moment, which I, I started applying to in the fall, which is crazy to think about, um, 
but if I get in and I get, or if I get into another master's program, I'll start that the fall after my senior year. So that'd be 2023. And that is a two-year program and that includes an internship. And I believe that that would be the end of my education unless I want to continue into a higher form of education. Well, it seems to me at the moment. (laughs) And it seems to me this plan should work that you should get into your dream school because your life experience has given you so much qualification to really be a child life specialist yourself. Yes, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I so appreciate. I am just overwhelmed with all that you have lived through. And, uh, you know, early on, I was mentioning the picture I saw of you on Facebook and, you know, (laughs) just filled with energy and bouncing with life. And your voice transmits that today, I believe. (laughs) I try to be. Um, That's kind of always been my motto. Be positive. Um, originally because my blood type was B positive. Um, so it kind of stuck with me, but yeah, like that's what I try to be. I try to be as positive as can be. I really think positivity and happy thoughts and it doesn't cure cancer for sure, but I think it, it helps dramatically with health and I couldn't be here today without it. I also know that you work with Cancer Pathways, which is an important and phenomenal organization. You're a program assistant there. I am the program assistant um, as of like a month ago. I'm very excited. I found out about Cancer Pathways actually as when I was in my original treatment at Marybridge. I participated in their annual um, Surviving with Style fashion show in 2015, and For those of you who do not know what that is, cancer survivors are asked to join in this fashion show and you get to pick out a fancy dress and you get to get your hair done, makeup done, and you just feel beautiful. And there's also men, so they don't get their makeup done, of course, unless they want to. But, you know, they'll get in a nice suit and tie and we get to just feel beautiful for that night after having... Personally, I had many feelings of being the cancer kid or people thinking of me as, you know, different and not outcasting me for it, but I just felt like I was treated differently because of the cancer. And it's really because there's not enough education about it. But yeah, so I participated in that fashion show and it's probably the first time since I was diagnosed in 2014 that I had felt, you know, absolutely beautiful and comfortable in my own body because medication can just do so much damage and so many changes to your body that you're not used to, especially as a 13, 14-year-old. And I actually got to the fashion show again. I got asked back in 2018, and I once again got to dress up, and I got to feel beautiful and feel, you know, proud of my diagnosis, proud of being a survivor, and just proud of all my experiences instead of hiding them away. And I've become very outspoken about cancer advocacy and my own story just to help educate others and make it an easier topic for people to talk about. That, I'd say hands down, you are extremely proficient at. The way you've <laughs> articulated your this journey at your young age, because 21 is the, a number that is a young number, Um, But if we had to put a number on 
how you've wrapped yourself around this. I would say maybe 60-ish. I don't know if that's a good number for wisdom, but we'll say that. No, I totally think that's true. I mean, I did have a cancer that's Yes. Mostly found in 60-year-olds, so it's only <laughs> fitting, right? That's right, exactly. And the advocacy is so important. Hands down, this is it is a terrible disease, and we mm-hmm. do want to see a, a world cancer-free. Yeah. But to do that, we need people, all the medical staff and and all of those that are doing the research and all of those who are supporting the research, which is why Mm -hmm. uh, another part of Cancer Pathways that is so great because Mm -hmm. there's so much funding that supports people to go through the journey, but also dedicated to research, right? Yeah. And that's the reason why I wanted to join Cancer Pathways after I came across a, um, a job listing because they have a program called Cancer Happens, which is what I'm the program assistant mainly of. They bring this curriculum to middle schoolers and high schoolers all around the United States. And they teach them about cancer prevention, you know, by not vaping, by getting the HPV vaccine, which is super important. And they also just kind of bring up the topic of cancer to these middle schoolers and high schoolers, which I wish, you know, my junior high had had, because cancer can be such a scary word. And it is, it's definitely scary. But because of that, people don't like to talk about it. And that's where I felt always outcasted and left out in junior high. And I think this program is so great because they're finally bringing it into schools and making it a easier topic and kind of, you know, taking away the myths of cancer and the, and like bringing in some of the ways you one can prevent it and like to support and help other people who are going through it as well as family members who may be going through it. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm super excited to start working to be working for this program because it's I just love it so much. I think it's super great. Well, I appreciate that you are doing that because you certainly are someone who could bring the authenticity to it and really you're so relatable and going into mm-hmm. high schools, your age is not that far off from those mm-hmm. young people there. So you're in the perfect place at the perfect time. I think so. Yeah. I definitely think so. <laughs> Actually, let's mention uh, the Cancer Pathways website for people to get more information about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You can find (laughs) us at cancerpathways.org. You can even find um, the Cancer Happens program there. And if you're a teacher or if you know of like a student that would want to bring in the Cancer Happens program to their school, there is a way to send us an email and we could probably bring it to your school one day because we're doing it virtually a lot too right now, um, which has made it much more convenient and having the ability to go to the classrooms. Um, but there's lots of stuff on our page about our, you know, Camp Sparkle, which is the summer camp for patients and siblings, and the Cancer Unwrapped writing contest, which has closed for the year. But if you want to do it, it will be open again for next year. But yeah, there's just a bunch of stuff on there. And you can even look at our team and, you know, kind of see a picture of everyone, meet everyone in that kind of way. Um, But yeah. Great. Well, this has just really been such a gift, Hannah. I just appreciate your openness and your willingness to talk about it. It all spins into your 
desire to be an advocate to educate. So, Hannah Safely, it's I'm just in awe of you. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your incredible story with us. Absolutely. I'm so happy I could and can tell my story. Even though I would never want cancer again, I don't regret a single thing, and I would go through it all again to be who I am today because I, I love me and I love what I've become and just who I am on the inside. So, yeah, I'm happy to come on and tell my story wherever I can. Thank you, because it is such an incredible, important, and inspiring story.